With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 49 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing? Another Wednesday? Ah, yes. Not going to lie, folks. A little irritated today, a little fired up, to get a little bit of a ranty episode here as I look out my condo window and I'm staring at snow. Yes, we got snow overnight. Not a lot, but enough to slick up the roads so every moron forgot how to drive on snow. So people flying and sliding through intersections this morning, but uh, yeah, I've often said... If I lived the rest of my life and never saw snow again, I would not be upset by that. But unfortunately, I chose to live in Saskatchewan. So that is going to be an impossibility to never see snow again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know every year that's coming, but for some reason, the first time you see it every year, it's just, uh, or for myself anyway, I know some people love it, but... And when you're a kid, yeah, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't give a shit, right? You're... But, uh, you know, when you get older, and then, especially when you have an outdoor job, it's like, yeah, not a fan, not a fan. But, whatever, such is life. Things could always be worse, of course. Once again, I apologize right off the start. Uh, I am still battling my cough. Yes, it's the cough that will not go away. I've been sick for, th- well, I'm, I'm not sick, I don't have the flu or anything. You know, but it's been going on for three weeks. I've gotten obviously gotten a lot better, but my cough is sticking around. So when I start to ramble and talk, which of course is basically all my podcast. Well, what is a podcast other than talking? But <coughs> there you go. Um, I find, I don't know what it is. I just aggravate it and I'll start coughing. So I'll do my best to edit it out. I'm not a big editing guy, but uh, at the same time, I'm pretty sure people don't want to listen to me hacking and. Hacking away, so. But uh, to get on with things, um, today's episode, we're going to talk about social media morons. I think we talk about that every episode, but I'm going to do it again today. Um, Ex players, hypocrisy, Twitter scouts, uh, behind the scenes, players getting traded. We're going to talk about that for a sec. And podcast guests. I know I have ex players that listen to this. Or fight fans that might come on a podcast. 
I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give you some tips to be a good guest. And not only all of that, but I was at the Dollarama the other day, as you can hear, and I bought hockey cards, as I do. Well, we bought a bunch of different things. My wife teaches grade one, so I've always said Dollaramas are Graceland, right? I can't remember what she bought now. Nah, it doesn't matter. But I was there and I bought. I threw some hockey cards in. And lately, I've been getting a little choked because the Dollarama packs, they haven't been, like, they're like little grab bags. It's a complete rip-off. They're like two bucks. But you get, like, a whole bunch of these singles. And you used to always get packs. Older, like, 90s packs in there. So it was always cool. But then for the last little while, you haven't been... They haven't been doing the pack thing. So I was getting, I said, I'm not buying these anymore. So I went a long time without buying any. But I was standing there, and they were at the counter. I'm like, ah, what the hell? So I bought a few. And I managed to get a few packs. And uh, I got the uh, Premier, 92 Opeachy Premier, 91 Pro Set, and of course the infamous 1990 score. Maybe. Are we going to chase Lindros? Maybe we'll get the Eric Lindros Future Superstars card. Which at one time was a huge deal. So it's always fun to kind of go back and open up old packs. Of course, (coughs) being audio, it's really not all that exciting. But I figured we'll kind of open up just the one pack, the Pro Set pack, just to have a few laughs. We'll see who's in there. But uh, also on this show... Um, back last year for Christmas, um, I did, uh, 12 guests of Christmas, uh, show. And what I've 12, obviously had 12 different guests on. I don't know how I pulled that off. I can't even get one guest to show up these days. But, uh, and I gave me each a segment. And there was kind of Christmas themed, like three wise men. So it was all three beauty teammates for Jamie Rivers. I had that a few episodes back. I played for you. Um, I had Terry Ryan talk about his five toughest teammates. That was a segment that I played a little while back. But today's segment, I'm going to do, since we have the hockey card, and I'm in a hockey card kind of mood, I had, I was fortunate enough um, to have Ken Reed, who is the Sportsnet anchor on TV. I'm sure you've all seen him on your TVs. Um, good dude from the Maritimes. And uh, Ken is a massive hockey card collector and fan, as well as a tough guy fan. And, uh, I had him on the show, and I talked about, I said his five favorite hockey cards that he collected growing up, so uh, he was, uh, he laid that down, and then I also knew back in the day that he did play-by-play for the, in the Maritime Junior A Hockey League, so I asked him at the end of the hockey card thing, um, you know, we talked for about ten minutes about the hockey cards, and then I asked him about his craziest brawl that he ever called. And he tells us a brawl, uh, a brawl story. And uh, at the end, he's like, he, we talk about coming back on. And I, I totally need to get Ken back on because I'd love to talk about some maritime tough guys. Not only, um, you know, because everybody talks about Darren Langdon and Dennis Bonby, and for, for good reason. But, uh, I mean, you had the Glants come out of there. Um, but we also, uh, not only Dennis Bonby, but his brother Herb, uh, who I've heard some legendary stories about. So I'd like to talk to Ken about all those guys. And I mean, this is just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's a million maritime guys. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, going to uh, take Ken up on his offer to, to do that again. Because um, he was a lot of fun to talk to. Also with Ken, um, not only is he on Sportsnet, he's also an author. 
and he's done um, two of the books that I have in my collection um, that about hockey cards it's called Hockey Card Stories Hockey Card Stories 1 and Hockey Star- Card Stories 2 and um, basically it just takes uh, it's a story of about a, a bunch of different cards um, that were that were unique whether they'd be airbrushed or a weird pose or what have you and uh, he actually contacts the player that's on the card and they talk about it and it's like I said, it's a light read, but uh, it's 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 funny to hear the player's story behind the card or what they remember about it, and uh, yeah, and like I said, it's old seventies and eighties cards, and I mean, it's cards that especially hits home for me. Can I about the same age? So, um, it, it's we, we grew up. I grew up the same in that era, right? We're in our early mid forties early to mid-40s, and, uh, you know, so all through the 80s, you know, as kids growing up, collecting the cards, and then, you know, stuff like that, so, um, a lot of the cards that he covers in the book, I had as well, so, um, it was, it was just cool to, to read about them, and the story behind them, and, and, uh, yeah, that was just cool, like I said, light read, but a lot of fun, if you're a hockey card guy, can't recommend them enough, can't recommend those books enough, but also, Ken has a new book out, um, called One to Remember, and it's, uh, story, 30 stories of, of guys in the NHL One Goal Club, guys, it's, uh, self-explanatory, right, scored one NHL, career NHL goal, and, uh, uh, to be honest, I have not picked the book up yet, but I am completely looking forward to doing that, and I will certainly do that. And uh, I know Ken has something on, if you get a hold of him on Twitter, um, and order it, uh, there's some money that will go to the Easter Seals. Um, so definitely look up Ken Reed on Twitter. And uh, yeah, guys, I, I like I said, he's. Uh, I know everybody listening to this is a fight fan. Well, I, I give it, uh, he's one of us. He's a fight guy. And uh, which I will get into here shortly, which led to one of my um, issues, one of my rants today. Um, I don't want it's because I can't. It, 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 he's he's involved in it, but un, in an unsuspecting way. But <coughs> I will get to that. But first, as I said, um, this is episode forty-nine. Uh, if you're new to the show. And you can get past the coughing. Um, I pardon me again. Um, there's 48 other episodes to check out. The latest episodes from last Wednesday, or last, this past Sunday and Wednesday, um, was Aaron Bow, uh, my two-part Aaron Bow interview, which was met with uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of people that really enjoyed it, and uh, which was which was great to hear and. Uh, Aaron is a unique individual. It's a unique hockey story. Um, he's got he's a hell of a storyteller. Good guy, R- different dude, man. He's an artist. He's a DJ. He's a skateboarder. He, he did it all, and uh, and he played everywhere. And he definitely marched the beat of his own drum. And uh, yeah, and like I said, he played uh, in the Western Hockey League, and then turned pro in the East Coast. Uh, played some IHL. Uh, then went over to Europe, played in the UK, and then of course into the crazy LNAH, the Quebec League, and uh, he tells lots of stories. So if you have not had a chance to tune into those into those two episodes, I highly recommend them. Also, uh, like I said, there's 48 other episodes um, going back to. Um, I've had great guests on John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko. Uh, Chris Graff, Josh Mazur, Chris Waltz, Mike Brown, uh, Terry Ryan, on and on. And uh, 
No, I'm. Uh, I, uh, so I, I highly recommend if you're a UK fan listening. Like I said, I've had lots of guys. I know you guys are diehards. Uh, Jeremy Cornish, Mike McWilliam, Sean McMorrow, Riley Emerson, uh, Joe Grimaldi. Ooh, that interview. A lot of heat in that interview. Yeah, I had a lot of hate mail over that one. Uh, Matt Nickerson. Um, yeah, so lots of UK guys, and uh, you know, a little something for everybody. And, uh, yeah, so I highly recommend uh, you folks go back and check out the back catalog. Um, Again, if you're listening, um, thank you very much. Like I said, I know there's uh, a ton of hockey podcasts. I mean, everybody and their dogs got a hockey podcast these days. So, uh, you know, the fact that you chose to tune into this one, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you'll stick around. And uh, I have some guests uh, hopefully booked here. Uh, planning on doing an interview tomorrow. Um, we have a bit of a runaround, a bit of an issue. Uh, my getting sick for like three weeks didn't help, but um, hopefully we can make it happen tomorrow because I think it'd be a really fun interview. And uh, yeah, he's an interesting story. And uh, I'm like I said, I'm not going to throw out names in case it doesn't happen, but uh, it should. Like I said, it should happen. And uh, like I said, I got a couple other guys, like a couple of other guys in the bullpen. Hopefully, we can arrange times. And uh, really looking forward to bringing you guys and some unique stories. And uh, you know, from you know, and a couple guys off the beaten path that uh, maybe you might kind of uh, who you know. And uh, no disrespect to them, but you know, they didn't play in the NHL or whatever. And but that. Uh, hey, those are my guys. That, that's cool with me. Like I said, those guys have uh, unique stories, and it's the the road less traveled, and uh, and uh, and I and it kind of gives it a behind the scenes to the old Iron League and the bus leagues, and and um, lets people see a different side of, you know, I mean, spit and chiglets. Yeah, you get those guys on, and they're all, you know, oh, we're gonna do this from his uh, from uh, you know out of, out of his deck here in uh, Malibu, you know, and his five million dollar house and you know they talk about how rough they have it on their private planes and you know and i got traded a couple years back and you know not again i but whatever but you know what i'm saying it's just a whole different mindset to the guy that uh you know rode the bus on the on the eight hour uh home and home you know uh in the east coast league or you know and it's it's a little different uh lifestyle so um i don't know i kind of prefer to talk to those guys i find them more interesting but uh yeah so guys i think i have some cool stuff coming up and uh you know like i said if you're a regular listener you uh you know we're in, we're in episode 49 by now i mean you know what's going on around here and uh what to expect out of the show so um other than that uh like i said proud member of the hockey uh, podcast network um, every NHL team is represented. I think I always say 31, but I guess it's 32 now with Seattle. Is it not 32? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's 32 teams. Um, 32 teams represented. And uh, so whatever team you're a fan of, um, there's a podcast on the network. So uh, check that out. As well as uh, Terry Ryan, as I mentioned earlier, is on the network. And uh, speaking of books, Terry's got a new book out. Um, uh, films are... Uh, fight film and folklore and um yeah again what a storyteller and uh if anybody if you haven't had a chance terry ryan's first book tales of a first round nothing i can't recommend that enough yeah, tremendous one of the probably my mo- I, my most favorite yeah good english uh but it probably is my favorite 
eh, my top three favorite hockey books of all time. Um, Terry's a great storyteller and uh, doesn't hold back; tells great stories. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, and fortunately, um, I was very fortunate uh, last summer. Terry sent me, yeah, you know, he's been working on this book for a while, his new one, and uh, he had sent me some pages of it um, just to kind of, hey, this is what I'm doing, check this out, and. And it was, they were really cool, and they were, of course, they were the fight section. But um, yeah, looked great. And uh, like I said, I have uh, full faith in Terry to, uh, you know, to deliver an, to, to deliver another gem. And uh, if you're interested in picking up his book, um, it's Terry Ryan 2020 at Gmail, and uh, you can get a hold of Terry there. And I believe it's in if you're in North America anyway, it's. Um, autographed with shipping $35 and uh, you know help Terry out I know it's a labor of love the book and uh, hey Chris <laughs> doesn't that sound crazy to say Christmas is on its way so hey maybe a Chris, early Christmas present for someone a autographed Terry Ryan book and uh, I guarantee, I can guarantee the book will be a gem so um, you know and like I said we'll help Terry out and uh, yeah other than that, my uh, my off network friends, uh, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicle, easy for you to say. He covers Islander enforcers, and uh, he has interviewed everyone from Mick Fakota to Aaron Ashton to Jason Strudwick. Um, he has recently just released a he's calling them seasons episodes, and basically just takes a season out of a player's career and uh, and breaks it down per fight and if there's incidents or whatever and so far he's done Ken Baumgartner uh, 8990 I keep forgetting the Matt Martin year I believe it's 2011-2012 I listened to it it was good Um, and then his latest one which is really interesting actually um, and it just it was Brett Lindros and uh, a lot of people forget um, I don't want to say forget Brett Lindros but really um, unfortunately you know, head injury as well, and uh, retired really early, but first round pick, and uh, big kid like like his brother Eric, and uh, you know, more of a fighter than Eric was. I don't like to say he was a better fighter, but he was more like he's kind of. I don't want to say he's more physical. That might be wrong, but but I think he was more of the physical, less of the scorer than Eric was. Um, but certainly talented, talented kid, and it's a shame that the injuries, but. Um, for his brief run there, uh, Joe kind of breaks it down, and uh, yeah, it was a really interesting look at Brett Lindros, so I really enjoyed it. Um, as well, another podcast, uh, Alec over at Five for Fighting, although he's in the midst of moving right now, so he has taken a bit of a break, but uh, yeah, if you go back and, ch- like again, check out his back catalog, you know, Bialoas, Vandermeer, uh, Segroy, Tasker. Um, yeah, he's interviewed lots of great guys. Damn, he has interviewed a lot of good guys. Um, yeah, no, Alex, always a good listen. And, uh, yeah, and then, of course, Paul, Dan, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck show. And, uh, Fred and Dave over at the Slewfoot show. I know, two modern shows. What's going on? What am I recommending here? But, uh, I like those people. They're nice people. And they don't irritate me, so that's why I recommend them. But there we go. There's some other, sh- yeah. Stop. I'm not saying stop listening to mine and go listen to them, but you can listen to them as well, you know. And I, but like I said, I know there's uh, there's uh, only so much time in the day, and uh, everyone and their dog has a podcast, and uh, yeah, between uh, Jansons and John Scott and 
spit and chiglets and on and on. I said every player that retires starts a podcast. So it's like I said, it's a, it's a bit of a battle here when you're uh, when you're the the small fish in a big pond. But uh, you know we're we're trying our best to uh, to bring you guys some solid content. And like I said, and I don't I I've never meant to sound this like arrogant or whatever, but um, like I've always said, I will put up any of my player interviews up against anything Spit and Jiglets has ever done. Um, like I said, Aaron Bow is a perfect example. Joey Tedarenko. My John Morasti interview, Steve McIntyre interview, Clark Wilm, Roman Volpat. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of the interviews. And uh, they're in-depth. They get good stories, good laughs, um, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, like I said, get pretty thorough. And, uh, yeah, if you want to know about a guy, my interviews will do it. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's not a... Maybe some people enjoy like a 35 minute thing and boom, 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 and it's over. Eh. I'm a little, obviously, my interviews are a little more in depth. We go hour and a half, two hours. Um, you know, uh, I just, I just like being thorough. And like I've always told everybody, I mean, because I've been told before that all oh, you, you know, you should maybe make them half as long. Okay, well, what part do I cut out then? You know, because I enjoy talking about all the parts. But it's like, oh, well, maybe don't talk about junior, just pro. Yeah, but I like hearing the junior stories. And then likewise, you talk too much junior, then people like to listen to the pro stuff. So it's like, well, what do you cut out? I mean, you could just kind of keep it overall fluffy, which I'm not, what's the point? To me, that's boring to me. So um, it was an interesting topic because I've had the conversation with a few people lately um, of just about length of show because with the last Aaron Boa interview being broken up into two parts it's the first time I've ever broken it up into two parts at the same time Aaron and I talked for almost five hours so I knew obviously that I'm not going to put out a five hour episode that's ridiculous um, so I knew to break it up although I, I, I don't know what I was doing my math was incorrect because I think part one was like two hours and 15 minutes and then like part two was almost three hours so yeah I could have shaved a little and added a little to uh to each but uh nonetheless um i've always said that's the thing i mean yeah the episodes might be long no one's saying you got to listen to them all at once i mean you 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 can come back and hit you know play the next day or later in the day or whatever Uh, but i mean the biggest podcast in the world is joe rogan's and i mean his episodes can go four or five hours can't you know um i'm not trying to compare my show to joe rogan but um i'm just saying in terms of length i mean I kind of looked at what he was doing, and people tune into that every day. So it's like, well, I don't know. So I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I've, uh, I know I have a bunch of regular listeners. And again, thank you guys. Uh, get a hold of me on Twitter. Just drop me a private message if you're li- if you're listening to this. And uh, what do you think about show length? Should I do more two part things? Like, should I break up my shows more? Should I make them a little more streamlined? I just I'm kind of interested in what you got. You're you guys are the listeners. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, yeah, drop me a line um, on Twitter, or if you're not on Twitter, uh, Fourth Line Voice at Gmail. Actually, I'll make it easy. I have so many goddamn email addresses. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Yes, I still have a Hotmail account, but Hockeyfights at hotmail.com so perfect. I don't want to give it up. So I kind of do like all my DVD trades with that one. I laugh when you go somewhere and it's like a legit thing, like a legit business, and they ask for your email address. 
It's like, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't use the hockey fights one for that. But I, it's just, uh, I've had it for, you know, it's a Hotmail, right? Everyone had Hotmail when it first came out. I mean, I've had that thing, well, since 19, whatever, 99 or whatever Hotmail came out, that's when I got it. So 20 years, right? 21, 22 years. So it's like, well, I'll just hang on to it. So, but oh yeah, I got a Shaw account, a Hotmail account, a Gmail account, but yeah, so anybody, anybody listening, <coughs> and you have a, about my length, podcast length dilemma, either get a hold of me on Twitter, or if you're not on Twitter, Hockey Fights at Hotmail. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. Oh, listeners, I'm curious to what you have to say. Um, one of the things, like I said, that I was going to talk about, um, speaking of podcasts, I'm very fortunate, and I've been uh, gotten a hold of, I've had some ex-players get a hold of me, or mention that they listen to the show, which is um, very flattering that they would. That they would and, um, and it's cool. Um, so, ex-players or fight fans out there, or just anyone in general. Um, I'm going to do a PSA here for all my pod, my all my fellow podcasters because behind the scenes, trust me, folks, we bitch amongst each other about this sort of thing. Um, for us little guys that don't have alcohol named after our shows or uh, have a ma- major uh, platform, to uh, we need all the help we can get in terms of spreading the word or advertising. Beyond just Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, If you're going to be a guest on a show, could you maybe mention that you were on the show and maybe put a link to the interview that you just did? That would be very nice. Um, Most of my guests have, but some of my guests have not. And uh, that's kind of frustrating. Um, Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I mean, whatever. But, and it's like, you're never going to ask him. I've never asked a guest to do that. Um, I just always sort of hope that they will. And like I said, most do. Um, but even then, I as soon as an episode comes out, obviously I put it out on Twitter. Um, it's like, could you even just retweet it? Something? Like, something to let people know that you're on the show. Um, you know, and I'm not on Facebook anymore. I mean, I have a Facebook profile, but I mean, I've never, I haven't used it in years. And like I said, I, a few episodes back, I talked about, uh, I, I went and scrolled my news feed after, it, it had been about six, seven months since I'd done it, and uh, I lasted about two minutes and basically wanted to kill three people I used to be friends with, and because uh, apparently I don't know what happened to them, and because uh, they became morons, and I don't associate with stupid people. So I'm not on Facebook. I should make a show Facebook, though. I should really do that and kind of join Alex's enforcer group. I think that would be a, probably a good idea. I know he's, he's mentioned it a million times, and he's I, I just didn't want to go in on his turf, kind of, but I know he said I he's more than welcomed me a few times, and yeah, I should get on that Facebook page for my show. But anyway, I mean, I've had guests on that are, are big on Facebook, and they don't even mention it on their Facebook page, and it's like, you know, come on, guys, like help me out here, you know, it's it's advertising for, for myself and getting the word out, and you know, because not only that, if they listen to your show because they're going to listen because they're your friends or your family or whatever, 
but hey, maybe I like this show. Maybe I'll give this maybe his back catalog a listen. And there, I got I gained a new listener out of it. You know, so um, yeah, that's all I'm asking, guys. If uh, if you were a guest on a podcast, it sounds so simple, but really, trust me, it happens m- more often than not. People will like refuse to mention that they were on a bloody show. So could you maybe post the link or mention that you're on this podcast? That's all I'm asking. As a creator that's just looking to try to spread the word of my show, I'm asking for the help of the of fellow of, of guests. Could you mention that you're on a podcast, please? Not just mine. But trust me, this is not just me being sourpuss over here. This has been a common theme amongst numerous podcasters that I have talked. That way, um, I will say when I was I've been asked. Uh, very flattered that people had asked for me to come on their show. I'll pimp the shit out of those episodes that I'm on for those people because I know what it's like. So I just ask that. I'm not saying that every every two minutes you got to mention to every person in passing that you were on a podcast. I'm not saying you have to do that, but a link to the interview you did would be nice on your Facebook or on your Twitter or on Instagram or whatever platform you're on. You know, or just at least tweet your mom, tell them, to, you know, send her the link, tell her to listen. Something. But, uh, yeah, no, other than that, uh, no, that would be great if, if folks out there could do that. Um, now, uh, of course, with free agency and players getting traded um, and everything else, how would the Leafs get in Joe Thornton? That was interesting. So, number, it's kind of, uh, I see on my timeline, it was, it's kind of split a lot of people. Um, you know, the fact that he took 700 grand, I don't know, the fact you're getting a future Hall of Famer for 700 grand, um, you know, I, I, I don't see how that much vet, uh, like a leader like that, could hurt. Really, on a young team, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how that would be a hindrance. I mean, only today's new age fan would think somehow getting Joe Thornton for seven hundred thousand is a bad thing. But such as it is, um, now, now with that signing, do I think the Leafs or you know, I'm not saying go plan the parade route or anything, but um, you know, uh, I think you got Wayne Simmons too. That that's that's good little grit. That'll be nice. Uh, that's a good signing. Um, who else did they get? It's escaping me. I should know this. It's all over my timeline constantly. But uh, point is, um, it's not even about the Leafs or anything. But I was just gonna say, uh, somebody got traded or signed as a free agent, and he was just talking about whatever team he was he had come from and how tough it was. I can't remember who it was now. Somebody that left the Leafs signed somewhere. And he was just talking about how tough it is to play in Toronto and, and whatever, and the media is really tough and, you know, whatever. Of course, all these couch jockeys have to chime in, you know, and call him a poor baby and whatever. And I, every time when it comes down to athlete, <coughs> athletes, someone's got to bring up the money. Quit your crying, you make millions of dollars. Well, now I get the sentiment, I get it, but at the same time, as I've said, it goes well beyond money that people can't seem to grasp this concept. Like, say you're at work, you work for a major company, everything's going along great, you love your neighbors, you just put a pool in, uh, everything's going great. Oh, hey, by the way, we're shipping you to our, our fucking office in Des Moines. So pack your shit, let's go. Yeah, You'll make more money there, though. At that point, on that drive home, when you got to go tell your wife and your two kids with all their friends sitting there, oh, hey, pack up your stuff, we're heading to Des Moines, leave everything you know behind, 
But it'll be great. I'm making more money. Yeah. That'll go over like a fart in church. Same thing with hockey and these athletes. Yeah, they make a ton of money. And that and that's, you know, granted that, yeah, I'm sure that solves a lot of problems. Um, but you nonetheless, you still have to pack a house up or a condo up, sell it, move. Uh, if you're an older, it's one thing if you're 22, 23, single guy, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but when you're older and you have kids, especially if they're in school and all their friends are there, this is the only life they've ever known is this place. And now you're uprooting them and moving them across the country, maybe to a different country, maybe from Canada to the States or back in Canada or States to Canada. Uh, yeah, that'd be a little, little different. Or you're just leaving and they're staying, you know, so now dad's gone for a while. Oh yeah, but he makes millions. Suck it up, pussy. You know, well, you know, I, I, I think sometimes it's often overlooked the, the, what the, the wife and, or girlfriend, fiance, whatever, partner and kids go through when a player moves. It's not just the player that it's affecting. And, uh, you know, he can sit there and tell his eight, his 10 and his 8-year-old, it'll be okay, I'm making a lot more money, and, you know, you know Nashville's going to be great. But the only thing, that, their only life they've ever known is uh, Vancouver, you know. So, you know, it's, uh, maybe look at that side of things before you start getting on Twitter and calling these guys babies you know, just think a little bit I know that's never going to happen I'm asking people to think before they tweet but, you know then what would social media be? thinking before you're tweeting? that's got to be crazy I don't know, it, I, it's just a general you know, the, the 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 idiocy of social media like the other like the other day I put up, speaking of, this is where my Ken Reed comes in I had posted a fight between Brody Coffin and Ken Tasker. Um, it's about 15 minute or 15 second, just absolutely slugfest and uh, quick and dirty, and in a typical Ken Tasker battle. And um, yeah, and it, you know a lot of people are retweeting it. And man, oh, oh, no defense, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Great fight. And Ken Reed, of course, uh, retweets it, and he also comments that. Uh, some about the Maritime boy, Kenny Tasker, and oh boy, look at this one, this is a great fight, or whatever. And it's gotten a lot of play, and of course a lot of retweets and everything else. But of course, we have to have the one hero. Well, look, at, let's celebrate CTE, yeehaw! Yeah, and you know what? It's always the same fucking dorks. It's some fucking clown between the ages of about 17 and 23, so he's really woke, you know, um, in his profile picture, he's, it's usually the middle of summer and he's wearing a toque or a knitted cap, as some people would call it. Here it's called a toque. Uh, again, in June. And, uh, you know, either that or he'll be wearing, a, you know, a, a, like a yellow New York Yankee hat. Uh, usually glasses, some thicker glasses. And, uh, and if, but if it's a, if he's getting really, uh, if he's really hip and he wants to put alcohol in it, he's, he'll be having a he'll have his white claw in one hand and giving some uh, you know peace sign in the other, and usually uses a lot of hashtags such as hockey culture, and uh, you know 
and that type of shit. Make hockey fun again. You know, one of these clowns. I'm so much. I'm so glad we got rid of that. We, yeah, from from his coach, yeah, from his coach in the you know downtown Oshawa, yeah, in his mom's basement. He got rid of uh, the fighting. Yeah, you know, he's been a big fan for three years now. You know, he's pro- he probably has some sick dangles on NHL 20 on e- on uh, online. You know, you know the clowns I'm talking about, or. Or like I said, it's it's the woke female that uh, you know the the toxic masculinity. You know, oh yeah, okay. You, I can just I already constantly I get these people commenting and they're leaving messages on my YouTube channel about me promoting violence. I'll have you know your channel's been uh, reported. Oh, okay. For what? What are you reporting me for? Because I put a hockey fight up. Oh, all right. You know, uh, but yeah, it's the same dorks as always. You know, like I said, never been to fight in their life, never played a sport in their life, picked last for kickball every recess. But oh yeah, they're going to change hockey culture, and I'm so glad it's gone away. You know, meanwhile the guys that were in the fight don't weren't bothered by it. But you know, but oh, but it, it's so good that they don't fight now. Because I said, oh yeah, like I told the guy, yeah, it's, it, it's just great hockey, so much safer, and no one gets concussions now. No CT anymore. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. What? Like I said, what, what? If you could figure out how to get rid of head trauma out of a contact sport, you're you'll win a fucking Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. Figure out that one, Einstein. How are you going to get rid of head trauma out of a contact sport? Where to? In order to keep you clowns happy, all you friggin' people with your goddamn fucking attention deficit. Uh, we gotta take out center ice, so we gotta speed it up faster, faster, faster. No obstruction. Don't hold anyone up. Take out center ice. Faster, faster, faster. Yeah. But yet, you're the same one. Oh, it's gotta be so fast. It's so fast. Yeah, but you're the same ones that will cry about head trauma. See, that's what tells me you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because everything to cater to you has led to more head trauma. I know. Let's speed the game out speed the game up and remove consequences. Yeah, that'll, that'll it. That's it. That'll make everything better. We will make it hockey so much better. It will make it fun again. Fucking idiots. Told you I'm in a mood today. Also, I would like to thank you. I think I already did this on the episode before. Uh, mentioning how John Morasti won my minor league mayhem Twitter tournament. Thank you to everybody again that voted, commented, I don't want to say I was surprised Morasti won, but I I actually thought he had to. I thought he'd be uh, Mel Engelstad was going to beat him in the semis. Clearly that didn't happen, so the voting surprised me a little bit. But John beat Pete Vandermeer in the final, which would have been a great fight in real life. Pete, I've heard. Pete listens to this show. Thank you, Pete. But he was. It was great to see those guys. Uh, Everybody take partake in the uh, voting, and uh, but of course with everything, someone again on social media has to complain about it. So I get this message: this guy is telling me, "Wow, I can't believe Bonfi lost." Well, all right, 
Hey, I love Bones. I, hey, I'm down with Dennis. He's cool as shit, man. Uh, I'd love to have Dennis to come on the show. I've actually asked him to come on this show. Hopefully he can. Um, if Bond v. one, I'd have no problem with that. But he, this guy took pr- particularly umbrage that uh, Morasty won and Dennis didn't. I'm like, well, it's a it's a Twitter fantasy tournament. Let's you know, I don't I don't need I don't think we need to go jump off a bridge or anything over it. It's not that big of a deal. But uh, no, he proceeded to tell me that you know I kind of didn't have a clue and I'm like, I, well, I didn't vote, so I don't know what you're telling me for. Well, go back and watch Morasty and Bonvi's fights. I'm like, yeah, they fought three times. I've watched them. Oh, well, yeah, Dennis completely manhandled him. So, I don't know. He must have... This guy must have different angles or something. Uh, that didn't happen in any of the three fights I saw. I said, the fact that you could pick a winner out of any of those fights uh, shows me that you're a bit of a homer because, I don't know, they both gave as good as they got and whatever. They were just good fights to me. I, You know, oh, well... And like I said, these guys, when they are, these fanboys that just get so worked up and argue, I always laugh, they argue themselves right into a, cir- right into a circle. Because then it was like, well, Morasti should have shown more, you know, as a pro. And uh, Dennis, I was at those fights. Dennis, Dennis sw- flew him around. Dennis was physically stronger than John Morasti. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, one guy was 190, and the other guy's a jacked up 230, so I don't think so, but okay, if you want to, that's all I said to him, okay, well, he was, I was there, well, okay, good for you that you were there, uh, I, I still don't know what you're getting at, that he is physically stronger, because I can tell you he's not, but okay, whatever, if you want to, still doesn't, I don't know what your point of this, all this rambling is, oh, well, you don't get it, well, I clearly don't get it, I don't know, well, if it was in a cage, it would be different. Okay, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I don't know if he was mixing up Morasti and Bosse. Like, I, I don't know. Now, granted, I mean, Morasti had a cage fight, too. One. But, uh, so I don't know if he was mixing them up. I, I, like I said, I don't know what his rambling was. But if you're listening out there, you're a fucking idiot. So, let it go. It'll be okay. I'm sure you lost more sleep over it than Dennis Bonvi did, the fact that he lost a fake fake Twitter tournament. You know. The same thing on Alex, uh, I talked about Alex before, he has a Facebook page, the Enforcer Appreciation Group. It's got like 12,000 members, it's unbelievable. But you go and read those threads. Oh, it's unbelievable, the homerism. Like, they were talking about Scott Parker and something. And Probert kicked his ass. Oh, okay, thanks, Tips. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking about? Like, we're talking about something else. And I always like, whenever, guaranteed, anytime, if you're on Facebook or Twitter and you see somebody mention Scott Parker, scroll the replies. Inevitably, some douchebag will just say, oh, Probert, you know, okay. And then somebody was going on and on about this guy getting dropped and, well, Probert, Probert, Probert. And somebody said, well, Probert got dropped by Todd Ewan. Oh, Ewan got lucky. Yeah, hung on for dear life whenever they fought again. It's like, oh, okay, well, did Morissette get lucky? Did Tamer get lucky? Like, on and, you know, just, he lost, Probert lost too. Like, calm down. It's not like you lost. It's not like you got beat up. But, oh, some of these fanboys just can't let it go. It's just like, what? Who cares? Like, I don't get it. You know what else I don't get? Twitter scouts. 
I was I was scrolling the other day and somebody was talking about he's get when the draft came out. Oh, I can't believe yeah they went off my board. I have uh, I had uh, I had him ranked whatever. And this guy has, uh, so I'm like, what is this guy, what? And I go and look at his profile, and he, uh, and he, he has a scout, major junior hockey scout for, I don't, fuck, my friends rankplayers.com or whatever the fuck, him and his fucking nerd friends or whatever have created their own website and they're ranking their own prospects. <laughs> but... He, he, oh, he has his top 20 WHL, OHL, and Quebec League skaters. And I think the guy lived in fucking Long Island. It's like, oh, yeah, you've been to a lot of games in Red Deer, buddy? You know, like, oh, yeah. You know, how, how was that trip to Swift Current last year? You know, oh, but he's a scout. Tell me how you could be a, a, a scout when you live in a different country. And I'm pretty sure nobody's paying this guy to fly around the country to watch games. So... So at any rate, it's it struck me funny that uh, they're uh, they're globe trotting scouts from New, from New York. But uh, oh, I can't believe they made that pick. That was uh, I never liked his skating. Okay, yeah. When uh, you managed to get that fast hockey uh, password to the uh, OHL games. Oh God, some people are. Uh, I don't know. Take this shit way too seriously. <coughs> hey, I admire the dedication. What the hell? But uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's consulting you guys. But uh, anyway, no. Social media, both the uh, the blessing and the curse, right? I mean, I'm sitting here, thirty five minutes in or whatever, ranting and bitching about shit on Twitter and Facebook, and yet I'm like, come to Twitter fourth line voice on Twitter. There's some good dudes on there, you know. So, kind of funny. But, uh, no, last thing I want to talk about, I mean, I've sort of just rambled aimlessly here for 45 minutes before I get to the Ken Reed portion here. Um, (coughs) The one thing I wanted to bring up, and I won't uh, throw any names out, but um, I know one particular listener, he always randomly sends me texts and bitches about players and their hypocrisy and turncoats. He always uses the word turncoats. George the Rock or somebody like that that speaks out against fighting and whatever. I get it. And as players have gotten older and retired and they have their kids playing now, they don't want to see their kids fighting. And I, I completely understand that. Nobody, No parent wants to see that. But the the... There was an article that came out, I saw, it was in the Ottawa Sun. More minor league player. Tough dude. I was a big fan. <coughs> and, uh, he was just talking about fighting, and he's glad it's gone, and, oh, and I never told my kid about it, and, you know, because we didn't want to have that talk, and, yeah, it's sort of like being a, stri- a stripper, you don't want to talk about your past, and, you know, and it's just like, and I'm like, I don't know if the if the if the writer of the article took, you know, a little kind of some journalism liberties, or if that was an exact quote. But at the same time, it's like this same guy was on a friend of mine's podcast for two and a half hours, talking about how great the fights were and how he loved it, and I know he sold merch and T-shirts and fight DVDs, and you know. <coughs> 
we fast forward later to life and now all of a sudden it's this dirty secret and oh I don't want I was hoping my son wouldn't see it on YouTube but it's like okay man like you know I I don't know it's just sort of I don't know this mindset that somehow your career is dirty because you were a fighter or something Um, it's unfortunate they feel that way you know and I don't know if they're if hockey has made them feel that way like uh, the politicians around it or those that run leagues or or like I said the goof before that was oh CT you know that guy Um, you know and I know some of them obviously struggle with head trauma and uh, and that type of thing and again I'm not completely I'm not discounting their feelings on it or not wanting to do it anymore but um, I just find it like I said that's the one thing I will give Daniel Dan Carcillo who I'm I you know, I have no respect for because of the shit he's pulled. Um, in terms of, I agree with the the league should be helping the players after life after hockey. I'm in full agreement with him on that. Um, the, I, my issue with Carcillo has always been a way about the way he goes about delivering his message. Um, again, going back to social media, him and I had a discussion. Um, I invited him on the show to have a discussion. Um, he he threw out a few questions. I I respectfully answered. I disagreed with what he was saying, and he blocked me. So I was like, okay, well, clearly you don't want to have a an adult conversation about it because you because I refuted all the points he was making. Um, Bissonette, countless players have called him out on some of his actions, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't have any respect for him in that sense. But at the same time, I will give him credit for. Um, He's been outgoing, and he hasn't wavered on his hatred of hockey or the fighting. I'll give him that. Um, yeah, he did it, but he, you know, he doesn't like it, and he sticks to his guns. George Rock, I mean, you know, George a nice guy, whatever. I don't have a problem with him, but at the same time, whatever way the wind's blowing is how George feels about things. Sometimes he likes fighting, other times he hates it. You know, just recently when the Quebec League was putting in the that politician wanted to put it with the subsidies and the fight thing. Oh, him and Patrick Waugh right away. Oh, I think it's just great. And, you know, okay, George. You know, meanwhile, he gets on, you know, some talk show and talks about how great fighting is. So it's just like, you know, okay, what is it? You know, like I said, if you don't like fighting, that's fine. But, you know, stick to your guns. You know, and that's, um, oh, I forget your name now, but we, I had the same, com- and I said it on Twitter, I'm not, you know, just talking out of school or anything, but um, Jim Thompson, uh, who's been very outspoken about fighting in hockey, um, this guy mentioned him and put him on Twitter, and he was in the tweet, so he could read what I was saying, and uh, I said I respect Jim as a, as a player and playing at the top level, and nothing but respect for that and his talent, uh, but I think he's a hypocrite when it comes to the fighting. Because I know he sat and talked about how he hated it or hates it and blah, blah, blah. But on Off the Record, when he's sitting there with Tony Twist and uh, and I believe it was Kelly Chase uh, on, on the panel, oh, it's all smiles and telling fight stories. No, it was good times. You know, so, well, okay, Jim, well, which is it? You know, like, I don't know. I just, uh, I kind of have an issue with that. I mean, pick a side and go with it. <coughs> Again, I can understand why people don't want their kids fighting or whatever, but uh, 
you know, um, the same time you made your living doing that. Um, you know, and I feel, and I, hey, anybody that has head trauma, I mean, I've, I've had head trauma. Um, you know, I feel for the, for the people, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it or fuck it up or anything like that. I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm, I feel for the players. I love what Riley Cote is doing. Uh, Aaron Bow and I talked about it in the interview with, uh, um, the, you know, uh, the, the marijuana and that type of thing leading, uh, hopefully helping CTE victims and that type of thing. Um, and like I said, Riley Cote is doing wonderful things and I'm in full agreement with what he's doing and I hope the players can get help and, uh, and all that. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I really hope that these guys don't look back on their career and, uh, and feel like they need to hide it from people. Um, I mean, I've had, I'm, again, I'm not going to say names, but I mean, I've had guys get a hold of me on, through, uh, my email and ask me to take down fights off my YouTube channel of them. Cause all oh, I don't want people to see. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know. Oh, and I do. I, I don't argue with them. That's fine. I'll take them down. But really, like, first of all, who are these people you're hanging out with that they're gonna? What are they gonna all of a sudden judge you? Because there's you back when you played junior hockey, you had a couple fights. Oh, I mean, it wasn't like this guy was, you know, taking a stick and chopping people's heads off and slamming their heads in the ice, and it wasn't some suspension video. It was just a hockey fight. You know, a few punches thrown, fall down, go to the box. I mean, it wasn't like anything out of the ordinary. But, oh, oh God, can you remove my three fights? Because, you know, I don't want people at the church to see or something. You know, it's just like, what are we talking about here? Like, or, or wherever, like, whatever it was. But, and I, like I said, I took them down. But I just, it was kind of eye-rolling. I was like, dude, it's not, you know. Everyone knows. Like, all they have to do is type your name in on HockeyDB. You know, and they see that you had far more uh, penalty minutes than points. It's not hard to put two and two together. That oh, maybe he was a tough guy. You know, like played the Quebec League for three years. Oh, okay, yeah, he must have been there to score. You know, like come on. But it's a real shame that um, that that guys have to feel like that. Some guys, not a lot, but I'm just saying that I, I feel bad for those guys. They somehow think they have the need to. Um, hide their past or they're ashamed of it or you know like I said I get guys change their minds and you know they have the head injuries and they don't want others to go through that so they're they're, they're outspoken against fighting and I get it I fully I don't agree with them but that's again I'm not going through that for hockey anyway um, so I'm not dis- my, my issue isn't with those guys you know it's the ones that flip flop and, uh, you know, it depends on who they're talking to is what answer they're going to give. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times they use it for, you know, window dressing it for playing politics on, for doing a national TV thing or something. You know, oh, i got to look good on TV, so I'll, I'll go with the flow here and say how awful it is. It's like, yeah, come on. You know, and at the same time, I've reached out and asked for guys to come on the show. And, you know, some guys don't want to talk about hockey anymore. They've moved on with their life, and I fully understand that the same time there's other guys that oh well I just don't want to talk about fighting I don't want people out there to know <laughs> there's YouTube man what do you mean you don't want them to know like I just kind of okay you know and again I don't press them on it that's their life and that's that's fine but I 
you know, like I said, I feel I I don't understand that mindset. But I mean, I don't. Not that they won't come on the podcast, but just like you're somehow hiding some secret or something. And to me, it's an unfortunate way that they have to live. You know, because it was such a big part of your life. And, and to me, it's something to be proud of. Not, you know, oh, I was a tough guy in the Central League. That's not what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, you played pro hockey. Or junior hockey. You know, say you you know, you know played in the Western Hockey League. Or you played, you know, still you played in an elite level of hockey. Okay, yeah, you were a fourth-line tough guy. Whatever. You were still there. Still played. So, no, again, if players out there are you listening, you played an elite level. Be proud of that. You know? 90, what is it, 98, 99% don't. And uh, so I don't care how you got there or how, you know, what your job was while you were there. You were still there. So be proud of that fact. Don't uh, don't act like, oh, it's, it's like a stripper. You don't say anything. Nah, don't, don't be like that. No. Be proud of your accomplishments. But, all right. Enough yapping. Oh yes, while I'm thinking about it Way back when, was it two episodes ago? Yeah, my last rambling type episode When I was all doped up on my Cough meds and everything else Which clearly didn't work Um, I gave a trivia question And I never gave the answer to it Um, My trivia question When I was talking about the draft I said, who is the all-time leading Scorer amongst undrafted players? And then I never gave the answer The answer is Wayne Gretzky there you go. Can you believe Wayne Gretzky was not drafted? No, he uh, was 17 and played in the uh, Western or the Ontario Hockey League, and then signed with the WHA, with the Indianapolis Racers, and then got traded to the Edmonton Oilers, who then just joined in the expansion a couple a year later into the NHL. So no, Wayne Gretzky was never drafted. There you go. Tell that one at the at the next dinner party. But before I get to Ken Reed talking about hockey cards and maritime brawls, um, I will throw this at you. Uh, with all the latest draft picks and signings and everything else, um, you'll probably want jerseys. All you Leaf fans will want your Joe Thornton Leaf jersey for this upcoming season. Or what have you. Or who signed. Or the Lundquist, your Capitals jersey. Oh, I got a good deal for you. Coolhockey.com. They've been around since 1999. NHLPA endorsed. Um, authentic jerseys. Go to the mall. Do it. This weekend. Go to the mall. Go to Lids. Go to Jersey City. 300 and some bucks they want. And you're at the mercy of whatever's on the rack. With this, same jerseys. Hand sewn. Custom. Whoever whoever you want. Joe Thornton with the Leafs. Griswold with the Blackhawks. Uh, doesn't matter. They're hand sewn. Fight straps. The authentic jerseys. Just like the guys in the ice wear. Um, if you use the promo code THPN at checkout, you get 30% off and free shipping. Um, example I always use, Calgary Flames third jersey, number 16, McGratton, 185.99, free shipping. That's Canadian. There, that's like half the price. You can't beat it with a stick, folks. Um, like I always say, go talk to my buddy Joe Lazito, the big Islander guy. He is a massive fan of this deal, and he is constantly... he's. A, jer- a jersey every day <coughs> and he struts around Long Island looking sharp with the hand knitted numbers fight strap the whole deal you know Joe he's he's, he's ready to rumble subway doesn't matter Joe's ready to go saving lives out there but he wants to have a fight strap you don't want to get that jersey pulled over but he's always looking for the obscure player 
you know, Joe likes the B-side, the deep cuts. And uh, like I said, when he's not only is he doing seasons, but he's doing like seasons with it when it comes to jerseys. So he's got like one-year wonders and that type of thing. And uh, he was just got a hold of me. We were just talking the other day. And uh, his uh, big one now is uh, Mikko Kostinen, the goalie uh, from Finland. Uh, often called the Finnish Al Montoya. Yeah, uh, big guy, 6'7". Uh, Joe was a big fan. He only played the four games of the Islanders, but there you go. There's Joe wearing the be- wearing the deep cuts. So if you want to know about the the deal at Jer- at uh, CoolHockey.com, get a hold of Joe on Twitter. He'll let you know. But uh, so CoolHockey.com, seriously, guys, thirty uh, percent off, free shipping. Uh, they're out of Toronto. Uh, in all seriousness, great feedback, good sponsors, helps the network out. Isha and the boys pay some bills. And uh, and you're buying a jersey anyway, so why not get the best deal you can? Plus, with Christmas coming, hey, there you go. Promo code THPN. Get your Christmas shopping done early. Uh, other than that, guys, hey, check out my YouTube channel. I just put a whole bunch of UHL fights up there. Brad Wingfield, Kenzie Homer, throwing down, Sean Lego. Uh, good stuff. Um, I'll be putting more up tonight. Uh, but yeah, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Go check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell notification. That way you won't miss a single punch as soon as I upload something. But uh, other than that, folks, let's roll here. Here's my uh, talk from last Christmas. This is Ken Reed and uh, his top five hockey cards. And Ken's a great guy. on sp- Co-anchor of uh, the main show on Sportsnet. Uh, he does a great job. Great guy. Big fight fan. He's one of us. So support Ken. Buy his books. And... Uh, Hey, let them know on Twitter you, you checked them out, and it was uh, it was some good stuff. But uh, all right, guys, I will talk to you this Sunday. Thank you. Have a good day. On the line, co co anchor on Sportsnet uh, Prime Time and author of Hockey Card Stories uh, issue one and two. And I got two right in front of me. Is none other than Ken Reed. Ken, how are you doing today? Awesome, Derek. Always good to talk hockey, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I was just uh, telling you kind of before we got rolling with the, giving everybody different questions here, all 12 of the guests and uh, and yours, obviously, with the hockey card stories. Uh, growing up, obviously, you were a huge collector, as I was. Um, and I mm-hmm. my list to you was your top five favorite hockey cards of all time. Oof. Of all time. Okay, in no particular order. Because how can you really, you can't really do that, right? Right. I'm just going off the top of my head here. It's the first one that comes to mind, and it is my number one. And I'm sure it's number one for a lot of people. It's the Wayne Gretzky 7980 OPG, number 18, the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Um, It was this childhood quest to get the Wayne Gretzky rookie card. I still have the original card that my brother and I ended up with. And the reason it's it's such a special card to me, there's a few reasons, because I worshipped Wayne Gretzky as a kid. I was a Montreal Canadiens fan, but I was smart enough to know that I was witnessing something really special during my childhood. Yep. Um, it was a difficult card for me to track down. My mother brought home a box. Um, my brother and I flipped through the box of the blue card, so there were 79 80s, and sure enough, there was one in it. And we dropped the gloves immediately. I know you like your tilts, <laughs> and we had an epic hockey tilt. Um, although there was a no, no face shot unwritten rule amongst my brother and I, but we landed some solid body shots. Mom freaked out. And then she decided, you boys must share the card. And we still do, although I'm proud to say I have custody of Wayne and that hit rookie card is in my house. So that's one card that comes to mind right away. 
Awesome. Um, now, let's. I, I love the Ken Dryden rookie. Okay? Yeah. Um, yep. I just think the design on 71, 72 is fantastic. So I'm going to throw the Ken Dryden rookie in there. I also love the fact that Ken Dryden is 6'4", 220 or whatever he is, and you can see the net behind him, unlike today's bubble goaltenders with their bubble gear, which is still way too big. I know the goaltenders are bitching this year, saying they're getting hurt. Well, the manufacturers can surely find a way to protect them and make the equipment smaller at the same time. So, so, so far, I got what, 79, 80 Gretzky and a 71, 72 Dryden? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's go. I love the 84, 85 set. So from the 84, 85 set, let's pick the Ken Lindsman cards because, as I learned in Hockey Card Stories 1, it's a card I always loved because it's a combination of Ken Lindsman's head and Mike Krusielniski's body. Right. So if you're wondering why Ken Lindsman suddenly has extra amounts of chest hair, because <laughs> he's on Mike, Mike, he's on Cruiser's body. So those two are swapped for each other. Um, let's see. Throw another card in there. I will go with. Whew, I love the '83, '84 Lafleur. He's he's just kind of standing there, right? He's not in action or anything. He's he's just kind of standing there. It's almost like he's. He's thinking, he's contemplating what's going on, which is kind of interesting to me because at that point in his career, he had had the, the six straight 50-goal seasons, and his career was coming to an end at a really early stage, as we know, when he retired the first time. Yep. So that card, he kind of looks like he's in, in maybe deep thought. So I'll put the 83-84 Lafleur in there. And, okay, you're putting pressure on me to find the last one. Let's go with the 71-72 Rogi Vashon airbrush, his head on Ross Lonsbury's body. Horrible airbrush, but 71, 72 OPG at his finest. So those are my top five hockey cards. If you ask me in five minutes, the list may change, Derek, but for right now, those are my top five. Well, there you go. No, that's uh, that's classic. And the one thing that always bugged me, and I mean, there's a couple cards, a few, but I always, I always wish they had had some fight pictures. Oh. Yep. The only fight card I can think of, uh, the last, the last one I can think of is Phil Roberto fighting Billy Smith. Yep. Seventy three, seventy four. I got the story of that card on Hockey Card Stories one. Yep. And um, I actually asked, I actually asked Billy Smith about it because we do some alumni events, and he he gave me the story along with Phil's version for my book. So that is the last. I'm pretty sure before, you know, the enforcer cards came out and all that recently. Yeah. But I think that's the last OPG card with a fight on it. It's Phil Roberto fighting Billy Smith. That's like, isn't that awesome to think about a goalie fighting a, a player? Like, when's the last time you saw that? Maybe Andrew Peters and Ray Emery? Because yep. that just doesn't happen. Somebody always jumps in, right? But, yeah, fight cards are great. It's just, there's blood on some cards, right, on the jerseys, but, yep. yeah, not a lot of scrapping cards. Sure. No, I mean you always had you always had to go to the minor leagues uh, for those ones. Yeah, the the old minor league sets were always good for a couple. They put the enforcer fighting oh, on there or whatever. But yeah, oh yeah, or, or or Cam Russell's nose all taped up and busted yeah. in the, on his eighty nine ninety pro cards. Yeah, for sure. I was I was loving in hockey cards too. I just uh, when I was going through it that you had the uh, the Brad May score draft card in there because I was oh. I was such a huge fan of Brad May. And uh, to have that sure. card in there, to hear the story with the boots and everything, that was awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome, that card. It's uh, it's like a time machine taking you back to 1990 when mullets and cowboy yep. boots and 
tight suits or baggy suits, I guess, then. And, and I think the best part about that card is Brad said he took about four inches off his mullet the day before the draft and when he got his hair cut. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's funny how hockey cards, I mean, as kids, they were, I always say, a link to the game. And now they're, they seem to be a link to their childhood. They're little, little time capsules that take us back. And Brad's card perfectly sums that up on his rookie. No, absolutely, and it was something on Twitter when, uh, you know, I'd always put the fight pictures up in the videos and stuff and whatever, but it was always uh, the Dollarama started selling the old hockey cards, like, not, well, it, yeah. sounds, it sounds funny to say old, they're like 1990, but, you know, whatever, sure. I guess that's old now. But, you know, so Friday, all of a sudden, I'd be drinking beer, and I because my wife's a school teacher, so we're constantly at Dollarama. So, uh, yes. I'd end up with these, like, not, oh, like the old score pack, and I'd, of course, I'd hashtag yep. drunk hockey carding, hashtag chasing Lindros, right? Because that yep. was, that was yep. the big uh, chase in the 91 score, right? I and followed the, that, actually, your chases. Actually, uh, we have got a producer at work, and he'll go to Dollarama, and I know what you're talking about, those little blue packages and the, yep. the unopened packs are inside. Yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. buy them, and we'll open, we'll open them at work just having a riot. And, and the Lindros... Lindros cards in the in hockey card stories too as well and absolutely his take on it was kind of neat because he was just in a bubble right I didn't realize that he was in such a bubble when he was uh, around like 1990 and, and in there because for, for guys my age that was that was the new Gretzky rookie card right you had to have the Lindros rookie in it. Abs- yep and absolutely little did we know that little did we know they printed off about eight billion of them right that, we know that now of course. Yeah, but at the time, yeah, that was that card. That was the one, man. Like you said, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I got a, got a few of them sticking around. But uh, but oh yeah, those oh, packs yeah. there. You open up the pro set, and the score, and it's and without fail, <laughs> I always say every Friday I'll get that bloody Peter Klima. Every time I'll get Klima with that bucket. Yeah, oh, I would love that. My uncle had a bucket like that because I have a Gretzky <laughs> Joe fan. I'd love to get my hands on that Klima, but my uncle gave his gear away, and he also. So not only did he have that Klima bucket, but he wore green Cooper all as well. So oh, that man. would be awesome. To That's the total. Co- I saw you know? that picture with you in the in the Yofi. Commented on it. That's a that was a classic yeah. look. Yeah. Yeah, I busted my nose with it this year. I've been wearing it since 1990. Um, actually, I just screwing around in 1990. When I got out of high school in '92, I started wearing it for intramurals, and I've played in the men's league and everything. And uh, some men's leagues wouldn't let me wear it actually, but I never got hit in the face until this year I went my face collided with a guy who was wearing a full cage and I busted my nose just a little bit but it, it was a straight break so no problem oh look at that Le- you know but oh yeah leave it to the guy wearing the cage too come on yeah but- yeah Colby Armstrong looked at my nose too so after I broke it and he said it was fine so I'll take Colby's word because he's broken his nose I I guess over four to no no seriously probably 10, 20 times. So Colby, oh, yeah. If Colby said my nose was fine, I was in good company. I, I took his word for it. Yeah, Colby, Colby looks like he ran the 100-yard dash in a 90-yard gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and banging into a crooked Well, His nose is a thing of beauty. It's, his nose should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Well, there we go with the cards. And I was going to say, I, w- I have to get one more from you. i got to get another story from you. Okay, yeah. being out here in Saskatchewan, we always like to talk us tough Saskatchewan boys, you know, like always, yeah. hashtag Sask tough, but you Maritimers are no slouch, I can tell you that, and I know, yeah, oh yeah, and I I saw your tweets about Herb Bonvi and, the, and that crew, and Langdon and Ryan yeah. and all them, but, uh, and I know you covered the junior scene out there, what was the uh, yeah. craziest junior brawl 
in the Maritimes that you ever so saw? I used, to do, I, used, I used to do play-by-play for the Dermadol and Exports. Their head coach was Jim Bottomley. He was pretty notorious. And they were playing the Antigonish Bulldogs. And uh, the Dartmouth-Antigonish rivalry was epic. Now, Dartmouth used to play at a Halifax. So maybe a lot of people recognize that the Halifax-Antigonish rivalry. So my friends had played in it. A few years later, I'm the play-by-play guy for the Olin Exports on Channel 10. And they played a few times before. So it's a Tuesday night at the sports box. There's a vibe before the game. And I don't know if it was late first or early second. Fight breaks out. Next thing you know, boom, somebody jumps the bench. And we're talking full-on bench-clearing brawl. This is 1997-98. I'll still remember my call, just screaming, the benches have cleared. The benches have cleared. Now we're talking full-on bench brawl like the kind that would horrify the world right now. Oh, yeah. Um, and there, there was one horrifying part in it, a guy named Mark Carr, or pardon me, a guy named Ben Metzger, who was one of the tough guys for the Woolen Exports, was on top of a kid named Graham McIsaac, who was a tough guy for Anaganesh. And I guess in UFC terms, he was in the mount. So <laughs> he had Graham down. Graham couldn't defend himself. And Metzger starts feeding poor Graham. The next thing you know, McIsaac goes into convulsions on the ice, and this guy is still hitting him. So at one point, Mark Carr jumps on his own teammate to haul him off him. And while all this is going on, Dennis Bonby's little brother, Herbie, is skating around, tarp off, shoulder pads off, just going after anybody. It was seriously right out of slap shot. Of course, we were, the, uh, we were broadcasting the game. There was no other local news there. So things calmed down. They did finish the game, but it was a full-on bench bench clearing brawl. I'm talking Montreal, Quebec, Nordiques, 1984, just like that. I couldn't believe it was happening. I thought by 98 that wouldn't happen anymore. Of course, the next day, every news organization in town shows up wanting to see our our tapes. So it, it did make news, and I'm pretty sure it went nationally across the country. And the next week, those two teams met again, and as we all know, it's hyped up like crazy. And what always happens in the rematch of those games? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. Not a thing happened. Everyone's freaking out coming in, and I'm sitting there going, nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. So nothing did. But it was a full-on bench-clearing <laughs> brawl, just like the kind you hear of the old-timers talking about. So I yep. guess I'm maybe a bit of an old-timer because it was – it was wild, and I'll never forget Herbie Bondy just skating around with the shirt off, just going up to everybody, and and that poor kid in convulsions, and then a guy's teammate grabbing him off, grabbing his own teammate to break the fight up. That's how out of control it was. But that was a tough league back then. Yep. Like all leagues now, it's it's much different. But there was a, another guy in that league named David Oliver who was just tough. If you want to see some scraps, Google David Oliver, YouTube him. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Export. Yep. Yeah, one of his export fights is on YouTube, and he could go. And Metzger was in that league. A tough kid named Harry Noyles, who was in the Quebec League for a while, was in that league. But every team had about at least two or three guys that could chuck him. And, and out of that league, for for the longest time, I mean, your junior A leagues in Canada, they would brag about you know kids getting scholarships to NCAA. But out of that league, I mean, you had uh, off the top of my head Langdon, Bonby. Craig Downey, I think Billy Tibbetts was there for a while, if I'm not mistaken, playing for the Aganish Bulldogs. So uh, there were some really tough guys in that league, and 
one Tuesday night, I was at the mic when a bench crim brawl broke out, and it was it was it was absolutely wild, wild. And it's funny you bring that up, yeah, because of all my, I you know, I was a big fight collector, DVD, well, VHS tape back then, but DVDs now or whatever. Mm-hmm. I believe on one of my, I know what you're talking about. I think I actually have the news footage of that incident because I can remember the convulsion. Yeah, thing, and they were talking to the commissioner yeah, I, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was scary. I have. Uh... Back home in Nova Scotia, my dad's that tape is somewhere. Now it's on VHS, so it might be all demagnetized. You know how that happens over time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I had that on tape, and it was it was nuts. But uh, we did some really thrilling games in that league too, where there was no scraps. But that if you wanted to talk scraps, that's that's the one I'm talking about for sure. It was wild. Oh yeah, like you said, the Junior A. I mean, great players came out of there with the scholarships and everything else, without a doubt. And uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, would you want to top this? It, it it got called Jungle A a few times too for a reason. So it was, oh yeah, yeah. There, there was another guy uh, a few years before. Well, Dennis Bondy came out of that league, but another guy from Antigonish. If you're a fight fan, you probably know him. Dave Stewart played in the United League and in the East Coast League. He's an yep. accountant in Antigonish now. Stewie was about 180, and he could go, and he would go anybody. Yep. Anytime, anywhere. He was dead serious. I remember tapes of him. You know, because Stewie fought this giant guy from the Western League who went pro. It was it was Bugard. You know, and Stewie's giving up yep. a foot. He's having to go with this guy. But yeah, Stewie was out of Anaganish. Bondi was out of Anaganish. Brophy was out of Anaganish. Frank Beaton was out of Anaganish. Tough town. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, though you got Maritimers. Yeah, uh, you know. But uh, you boys out in Toontown, man, I don't need to tell you guys about tough hockey. Yeah, there's a there was a few, there's a few rolling around out here. Yeah, just. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of I think who played for the Blues back around 1990. I think uh, right off the top of my head. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, Twist, was Twister from Toontown? Because Kelly's from Toontown, right? Kelly Chase. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's from Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah. Twister's from Prince George, yeah. but yeah, he played with the Blades here. Yeah. Well, how's that oh, for a team? Yeah. Kelly Chase, Tony Twist, Kevin Kaminsky, Kerry Clark, all on the same team. Kerry, oh, this I never forget going to a Portland Pirates game. And there was a poster, and I got it. It was Kerry the Shark Clark and Kevin Keller Kaminsky, same team in the American League. That would have been worth the price of admission. That's awesome because I actually have the same poster autographed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wicked. I'm sure that's folded up somewhere in my dad's basement. I got to find that one. Oh, they got the jerseys on the blue blood, the the oh the uh, with the the zoot zoots or the hats and the glasses and the whole deal. Yep. yep. Classic. Oh, yeah. Done right up. Oh, yeah. AHL marketing at its finest. Absolutely. Yeah, I can guarantee they sold a ton of those posters for sure. Oh, they did. Yep. They did, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, we don't have, we could go on forever about how tough the miners were then. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Craziness. Well, Ken, I appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, and you, and like I said, I dropped your line and you were like, yeah, anytime. And I appreciated that. And, you know, for seriously, this, yeah, anytime. anytime yeah, and, yeah. uh, no you doubt. know, I love the, uh, Keep up the good work on the sports net, and I love the hockey card stories. And I mean, and I told you on Twitter, I was saying there a couple weeks back. I mean, obviously you have material for years. You got to keep hitting, you know, like the Don Cherry videos. You got to come out every Christmas with a new wow. one. That's what I'm saying. Man, if I made as much as Don did, I would for sure. Well, I don't yeah. know. I, if I sell enough copies of number two, there might be number three. Maybe I'll call up Kevin Kaminsky. I got a couple of his cards. Absolutely. Well, there you go, folks. Anybody listening, Hockey Card Stories too. it's a great look. There's like, uh, Ken breaks down cards and tells the story behind them, and you got the air, the classic airbrush, the draft cards, lots of good stuff. 
and it's Thanks, a great Derek. and it's Much a great book. It. And actually, the best part I like is the is the the old wax pack feel. That was awesome. I I don't know how they did that, but I'm glad they did. Maybe number three will be scratch and sniff. We'll make it smell like the gum. Hey, there you go. You're you're onto something now. All right, Ken. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much. You have a good night. Pucks in deep, buddy. (laughs) Pucks deep. Have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you, buddy. Merry Christmas. That was awesome, buddy. Whenever you want to talk, I'd love to come on the pod again. I love talking about the old tough guys, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 